0: So I went to the first show of the ATA and had 500 rests built. I believe it was 2004 in January. Day and a half, sold all 500 rests. So I was like, uh-oh, we're gonna need a bigger boat. And the name Ripcord, being in the military and everything, the way it was set up, you know, when you jump out of an airplane or anything, you're pulling the Ripcord, the parachute's opening, it's not gonna fail you. When you pull that, that Ripcord, it's not gonna fail you. That's where we came up with the name Ripcord. 100% American-made, and we'll always be 100% American-made as long as I'm I'm ahead of this company. Being a former Marine and everything, it means a lot to me. No, we're gonna make the best rest we can make and stand behind it.
1: Hey, listeners, subscribers, and fellow outdoorsmen and women. This is your host, Lucas Paw, and I'm excited to tell you about some of the sponsors that continue to help make this podcast not only happen, but grow and thrive in this digital world of audio content. This podcast is brought to you by Ripcord Arrow Rest, the bow hunter's number one followaway rest on the market. Ripcord is known for 100% full-time arrow containment in their patented All right, welcome listeners to the RNA Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host Lucas Pa, and I'm sitting here today in Dillon, Montana, which is in southwest part of the state. And we're sitting here uh, with a uh, couple guys that uh, have actually helped us along our journey of RNA. Actually, we're one of our first uh, title sponsors of our podcast, and have been a huge part of our success uh, in helping us not only build our brand, but also help them market and sponsor their brand as well. Uh, and that would be Ripcord Arrowrest. So we're here at their Corporate office? Is that what we would call it? Yeah, oh, yeah. World. world headquarters. World headquarters of the Ripcord Air Rest here in, in Dillon, Montana. Co-hosted with my partner here, Tyler Houston. To my right, Tyler, welcome back. Thank you
2: very much. It's been about nine years in the Middle East, so this is what, our third podcast since I've been back now? We're,
1: uh, yeah, you were, were on well. number one, and then yeah. just the last one we did here shortly. Yeah, A little absolutely. while ago. And the matriarch himself, Ben Miller. Hello, out of deer lodge montana i'm excited to be here come you sure down look and, like it i come down and bug these guys quite often that's <laughs> always good they always got good hunting stories yeah and and again the reason why we're here today uh, is both keith and kevin uh, we'll let them kind of tell their stories but uh, appreciate being here and welcome guys to the rna outdoors podcast you, you bet. bet thanks for having us absolutely yep, appreciate it so maybe we could just start you guys could give your a little bit of bio about yourself um i know keith you're military guy um like to ride motorcycles hunter you maybe tell us a little about yourself yeah um i'm a former marine spent
0: four years in the marine corps um i was in desert storm desert shield uh the first war over there in the middle east and uh did that and um when i got back out um had the gi bill and so my folks were kind of living over in bozeman and i uh I wanted to play some football still. Um, so I went to school here at Western Montana College here in Dillon. And ever since I got here, I kind of fell in love with the place. Um, you know, I like to hunt and fish. I've always hunted and fished, But sports in the Marine Corps kind of put that on the hold uh, early in my life. So after playing for about a year here in Western and realizing I was probably not going to go to the next level, um, I decided that, you know, sitting in a classroom – was just not me from being in the Marine Corps. Go go go! Um, so, um, took a job here at the uh, local uh, Rocky Mountain Supply and worked there for about eleven years. Uh, talked them into having a, um, a sporting goods uh, spot in the store. So I ran the sporting goods the last two years and you know worked on bows and did all that stuff. Kind of came up with the with the ripcord arrow rest. Um, had a. A friend over in Bozeman, you know, kind of shot him the idea, and he was like, hey, this is a great idea. You should probably run with it, and I was like, well, you know, I'm fresh out of the Marine Corps and worked at Rocky Mountain Supply. I don't have a lot of coin, (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know how this is going to work, and he goes, ah, I'll just build them for you, and you run it. Um, So I, I, you know, I had no education in QuickBooks or any of that stuff, so, but I felt like the the best way to sell yourself is believe in yourself and so I went to the first show the ATA and um, had 500 rests built uh, went to the first show it was t- I believe it was 2004 in January um, got my booth in December so it was all everything was coming fast um, went to the first show and Day and a half sold all 500 rests. Wow. So I was like, "Uh oh, we're gonna need a bigger boat." <laughs> 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 got a good thing going That's here. Yeah, cool. so so we got that going. Got another machine, and before you know it, now we're up to three, four machines running, uh, building rests. Uh, they're all built right here in in Montana. Uh, when I first started, it was pretty much myself, my father, and I had a secretary and. I ran like that for the first about three four years um started getting really busy i couldn't keep up with it and i had this this kid keep coming in and first time he came in he was all in a suit and tie and i was like wow this is a little a little too much um and he he wanted a job and wanted to be in the archery industry and at the time i was you know i don't know if i'm ready yet and what i'm gonna do it's you know, it's hard enough to take care of myself and try to take care of more people, but it was getting busy. So, and he's persistent and kept coming in, kept coming in. I was like, I knew if I wanted to hire somebody, that was the guy I was going to hire. Um, so I liked his, his drive. He liked to bow hunt. That's a big thing, you know. A lot of guys, I feel, get in the industry and stuff and they're, they're great at building the product and everything. They don't hunt. They don't get out and use the product. And I, I believe in the product 110%. I stand behind it 110%. That's why we have a lifetime warranty on the product. And so uh, that's when I hired Kevin Anderson and haven't regretted a day of it. I mean, he does an awesome job here. He's good with the customers. He's good with the dealers, um, great at the shows. And he gets out and he hunts, and he hunts hard, and he kills bull elk and antelope and He's using the product. And what was really nice about it was he was using the product before he even came in to get a job. So he bought it, you know, before he even wanted to work here. So um, that's kind of a little rundown of me and my hobbies. You know, last couple of years, I have I went and bought a Harley back in 2010. Never rode a bike in my life. Um, got the Harley. And matter of fact, I had the, had the guy at the shop when I bought it. Loaded it in the trailer because i didn't even want to load it in the trailer <laughs> scared to ride it up on the ramp yeah because yeah, i've never been on one yeah and the lady was like she's like no way and i'm like no nah, i'm just gonna try it you know so i brought it home and he unloaded it on the trailer for me he's like you want me to drive it over to your house now and i'm like no nah, i better get on this <laughs> thing and learn how it works so off i went and uh now i'm on my third harley i traded in just upgraded upgraded oh. to a little bigger bike and we I ride for the local club here, the Roadrunners. Um, we always put on a poker run every June, and our proceeds we always pick out a veterans' cause. Um, you know, we. I'm also a Patriot Guard rider, so I do the funerals for the Patriot Guards, for veterans and stuff, stand flag lines, and it's been a good little hobby for me to go along with my. My passion is bow hunting. I love bow hunting, so.
1: Yeah.
3: Cool. That's a nice intro, Keith. Yeah. Thanks. So that kind of segues right. to you.
2: You must be kid. a kid, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the,
3: I'm the persistent guy. I, I don't have a story that's nearly that interesting. You know, I'm just a small-town guy. Um, I was born here in Dillon and went to school here. Um, it seems outdoors is something that I've always gone back to. It's always grounded me. And, you know, I've just found that to be happy is I, I need to be involved with something with the outdoors. Um, my prior job to this was agriculture. Um, it was just a job and you know Keith Keith was an opportunity I think that I saw for living in Dillon to have you know a career if you will in something that you actually enjoyed um so I just kept beating on the door and you know finally it opened and
1: and currently what are you doing your record uh sales you
3: know it's we're we're a small company there's just the three of us here in the office and then Keith's dad um so we wear a lot of different hats as far as customer service, um, sales, your emails, warranties, you know, getting everything ready for for the next year, planning, shows, you know, basically all of it. We all kind of share the load, and, you know, if if a guy can't get a hold of me, Keith can take care of him and vice versa, Mm -hmm. so... And, is- and
0: like I said, also, we have a great, great secretary in Jessica Johnson, and she's she's been with me for seven years. She knows the insides outside of that rest. She can tear them apart, put them together. She can put them on a bow. She can tune them. So, I mean, if they can't get a hold of Kevin or me, they can talk to Jessica. I know some guys out there are like, oh, they don't want to hear it from a girl. Let me tell you, this girl knows this rest, so you guys are getting somebody that's really professional. When you do call and you have a problem and you can't get one of us, she
1: can take care of you. Well, that's good. I think you were talking about how, you know, not only have the product but use the product. I mean, being a hunter – in testing and field testing it is so important because you do have a lot of guys that push products but couldn't even tell you the the inner workings behind how those things work so that that's probably the the what sets you guys apart in my opinion is that not only are you guys hunters but you also in the business you're you're building a good product you know it inside and out and you call here and ask for somebody anyone can tell you what product that is how it's designed how it's built i think from a customer service standpoint that's important yes
0: and we've always i've always built this company under um the dealers are the backbone of this industry without the dealers you don't have you don't have a archery industry and uh you can't you can't ever forget where you come from either that's why when, when you call here, you'll get a human being. You don't get push one for this, push two for this. And the only way you get transferred to an answering machine is if all three lines are lit up at the time and we can't get to you. But as soon as we hang up, we're on it.
1: Yeah, so That's cool. You yeah. don't get that very often anymore. No,
2: anymore. Small Door.
1: town Montana, you get that.
2: Doors always open here. I think they're going to lock it here soon
1: because
3: I keep knocking all the time. Or, more for hunting
1: season. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, hunting yeah. season. It's, yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Prime season right now. So, Keith, maybe talk a little about you. Talk a little about you and your dad, and just maybe kind of, I guess, how Ripcourt, you know, started mm-hmm. and kind of where it came from, the name, and, and just kind of where it all started. Well, um,
0: like I said, I come from from a background of bow hunting. Um, my dad was was a rep for Fred Bear. He knew Fred Bear personally. He repped for him in Minnesota, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Iowa back in the early 60s. Um, My dad's been in the industry for a long time, back and forth, law enforcement and everything. Uh, When I was working there at Cenex, and I was putting a lot of rest on, and I was selling a ton of those those rests that are around, and they got some, like, you Clear feathers. off your feathers, and you clear off your all uh, oh, the whisker. Snow. yeah. <laughs> yeah <he's> not, <laughs> so, I was, <laughs> so I got to say it. So I saw on a bunch of them, and and I was just like, wow, why, why do you like this so much? And everybody said because it keeps my arrow on. I don't have to worry about my arrow, and I'm like, okay. Hmm, I've always been a follow away guy. I've shot the Muzzy Zero Effect, uh, Dan Evans Trophy Taker, which is a great rest. Uh, I shot the Trapdoor from Montana Black Gold for a long time. And so I was a believer in the fallaways because you have the arrow only ride for a short time. You got pure arrow flight, tighter groups, better accuracy. Those guys didn't care if they were having to come in every month or so to get refletched or anything. That didn't matter to them. They just wanted a rest that they knew that the arrow wasn't going to come off. So I kind of came up with this idea with the the ripcord, the launcher, the containment arm, cocking it up, pulling it with a cord. Um that's what got me into it i came came up with a really cheesy cheesy prototype took it to my buddy who's an engineer because i'm not an engineer i'm an 311 grunt in the marine corps that's all i am <laughs> and so he kind of fine-tuned it for me and said what do you think of this and i'm like wow that's great and so we took off with that and we've done many of changes in 14 years and a lot of it's because we listen to our customers and we listen to our dealers and and everybody's got a good input and we take them all. We don't sit there and go, "Well, we're better than you. We put our pants on different." We don't. We put them on the same way and we we got to get that feedback to make us better. Um so in doing that, you know, we came up with the with the code with the rip cord. And the name rip cord being in the military and everything, the way it was set up, you know, when you jump out of an airplane or anything, you're pulling the rip cord, the parachute's open and it's not going to fail you. When you pull that, that ripcord, it's not going to fail you. That's where we came up with the name Ripcord. Kept it kind of with, with some military names. The Code Red, that's another term in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the movie, but there's Code Red in there. Mm-hmm. Um, well then we came out with the Ace. The Ace, you know, um, we were listening to our dealers and our customers and everybody wanted a rest that stayed up when you let down. Well, i Under the fact that when it comes down I want it to come down I want it to fall I want it to release every time Um, So it took us a little bit of time To figure out how we wanted to do it inside To make it still simple and easy And so we came up with the Ace Um, So the Ace When you let down it stays up It only fires when you shoot Uh, We decided that you know what Let's do something a little bit different Haven't seen anything in the hunting rest That had micro adjust A lot of the target rests had micro adjust Fine tuned you know you some of them guys love it it's so simple to very move it you know just minute instead of breaking an allen wrench and having to tap it or anything and you're not getting exactly where you want it so it, it really fine tunes really nice so we came out first with the uh, micro adjust the following year we came out with the same rest but just in the standard it's got all the same uh principles of of the micro but just without micro mm-hmm. and uh We're excited for 2018 we've got a couple new rests coming out for next year so that's um, awesome and like i said being hunters and and being out in the field and also working you know we test it for a whole season before we put it into production we want to make sure everything is there's no problems with it we get it out to certain people having field test it run it through everything we want to know the good the bad and the ugly with it before we go to production on it yeah well,
2: we appreciate that you know I was one of those guys you are talking about earlier that I started bowing about 2000-2003 somewhere in there and I went through the same you know the old whisker because uh, I didn't want my hair to fall crawling through the bush you know you're trying to capture something and then you guys came out with this probably not soon after you started mm-hmm. and I bought the ripcord and it's you know I've shot one ever since and I'm very brand loyal and I think you guys' product is just absolutely amazing it's never failed on me one time during practice hunting anything So. You know, I mean, it's it's a testimony to the quality and the, the craftsmanship that you guys put into your. I appreciate your rest. that.
1: Yeah, so the my, so I've got a micro adjust on my bow, and I think what's to me what's neat about it is is you know, sight alone, you don't even have to touch your sight. I mean, you can adjust enough on your rest if you're you know, winded your elevation is off. And it allows you to have, you know, that capability, whereas most of your rests are fixed and you can't do any of that adjustment. But maybe talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the brake system on those, right, to eliminate kind of the launcher bounce back. Because that's, that's something that a lot of the uh, manufacturers, um, I'm not sure all of them quite figured it out quite like you guys have.
3: Sure. So we've got all of them have a brake. Um, the Code Red's got one. And then the Ace actually has two. Um, one thing we've got at the plant now is a high-speed camera. And that's been instrumental in in learning, I guess, as far as development. And then also stuff like the break to, you know, how to maximize that that forgiveness when it falls away and then what it's doing after the shot that, you know, it's not catching. Um, So we just kind of took the same theory that the Code Red has and then added to it um, to ensure that there's no launcher bounce back. You know, I know the first time we put the ace on, on the high speed, we were amazed at how dead it was, even as opposed to the code red on the shot. I mean, it's just absolutely flat after you shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, that dual break, it is rougher. Um, we get comments on that as opposed to the code red. It, it just feels stiffer on that first half of the, the cycle when you cock it up. And because of that, you know, we say pre-cock it, don't drop from the from the down position like the code red. And now that it stays up on letdown, you don't, you don't have to. You know, if you don't take the shot, it's still up. Yeah. So you never have to pull it up from the down position. So that dual brake has been great. That's worked really, really well on that Ace model.
0: Yeah, and another thing that I think is really nice about the Ace model that a lot of the dealers liked, and and probably some of the consumers, on the Code Red, you had to tear, tear apart and get inside there to the working mechanism itself. Um, a lot of guys these days are custom. You know, they don't want the, the green cord. They want a pink cord to match their pink strings. They yeah. want a purple to match their purple strings. They... They just want to customize everything. And guys were getting in, and they were using the wrong size cord on our code red, and then the rest wasn't working. Well, you know, if it's too thin, it's not going to depress the catch enough. If it's too thick, it's going to get jammed in the cam inside there. So that other feature that we put on the Ace was the outside wheel where the cord's on the outside. So a guy can be sitting there watching Monday Night Football and put any color cord he wants into the thing now. So.
2: Sounds Are like you guys doing most of all your, your design and engineering in-house? Everything is done done between basically you
0: three, I suppose, or you two?
3: Here and then at the plant, okay. you know, where, yep. where we manufacture and cut everything. Um, most of it's all done there.
0: It's all done in-house. We've, you know, and a lot of it, it comes, like I said, from the, from the consumer and from the dealer, listening to them and coming up with stuff and... Um, We'll put something together and we'll give it a test. We'll put it in high-speed camera. Go, okay, that's not working great. Let's go back to the drawing board. And We do have a guy that's on hand that, that works on CAD and d- does the drawings and everything. And, and we can get the drawings put up real quick. Um, being everything made in Montana is so nice. The machines, everything. The only thing we, we ship out and we ship it to Idaho is the anodizing of the rest. Other than that, everything else is built in house. So... If we do have a problem, we got something coming up. We can go in and look at that machine right away. We can fix it within half an hour to an hour. Get things going. Change something. Go. Okay. Yep. This we had a, a tool break or something. We can get that. A lot of other companies they wait for a ship to come into the states and whatever they get is what they get. Yeah. Um, we can so fix it real you're 100% quick.
2: 100% American. 100%, made. 100% yeah. American
0: made, and we'll always be 100% American made as long as I'm.
1: I'm a head of this company. Being a former marine and everything, it means a lot to me. Yeah. Part of just giving back to not only the the industry, but to say to your to, to kind of your lineage and your heritage, I think it's important. We just talked to a company who's 100 percent American made too. Portionally, yeah. mostly a lot of that done in Montana, right there in Twin Bridges. So it's neat that you know the state can employ and keep people busy and and give back to you know because you think of a lot of other companies, that's not the case. They're they're having it built you know overseas where it's a lot cheaper um, to be done. So. So that's neat. So, Keith, um, we kind of talked a little bit about just the business and the, and the model. And I I guess, you know, you, you've you you've got a few products now. And, I mean, w- what do you see in the future, I guess? I mean, is Ripcord specifically going to be a rest company? Do you ever see the company model changing? Do you see um, the design and the process changing? Or are you guys just kind of run and maintain? Or kind of what's your forward thinking? Uh, my forward thinking has always been, and I've seen other companies Go
0: off, and uh, you know, they, they might start out with a rest, and then the next thing you know, they have a sight, and then they have a broadhead, and then they have a quiver, and then they lose focus. Um, we will always be a rest company, period. I will try my hardest with Kevin and, and the people in this company to provide the best rest on the market. And that's by changing stuff and adding to it, and always tinkering and and getting it just so it can be just perfect. I mean, guys out there today are working hard. They work hard for their money. Uh, they put in long shifts, long hours. Um, you know, some of them don't get a hunt as much. Maybe they only get a hunt weekends and stuff. And they worked hard for that money. They're going to buy a product. I want them to buy a product, the best product they can they can buy, that's not going to let them down so that when they have that that moment of truth finally and they got a deer underneath them or an elk or an antelope bear that when they pull back and shoot it they've got the best product that we could build for them
3: i think that that lifetime warranty that we have plays into that too you know that that you're taking care of it's a quality product and we and back it up we stand know? behind it
1: yep. 110% yep well, yeah, and i think in this industry it's all about you know, name and obviously product, and it can reputation. go south on you just as quick in reputation if you don't have a solid product. And yep. you know, just from your saying going to the ATA show with a with an X amount of products and they flew off the shelf, probably says something that you know the product you know speaks for itself. Correct. Um, you know, and I see in the future, and, and we've seen it the last couple of years. Um,
0: you know. A lot of states are letting the crossbows in during the bow season. Um, used to be it was just, you know, for the physically challenged and stuff like that to get a crossbow. And, and it's kind of hurt a little bit on the sales on the vertical bows. Um, you know, we, we can't get a rest fit on a crossbow yet. so uh, <laughs> Might be a business opportunity. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, you know, so you, you, you got those things that pop up. Um, so you always got to be adjusting and everything. And, you know, you just hope that the guys, you know, Stand behind you, mm-hmm. and uh, and and keep you going.
1: Yeah, That's what I think is neat about the industry. There's always someone trying to up the game. When you look at technology 10 years ago, I mean, look at your rest 10 years ago. Look what you guys are doing now and think about, you know, in 10 more years what, you know, what it's going to be. I mean, that's that's what's neat because there's always somebody pushing, you know, the throttle and and challenging each other to make it, you know, a better product. And that's all, as a consumer, that's what we want. You know, we want something that's not going to fail us, has very low failure rate, you know, and. If it fails you, you want it to be a time where it's not, you know, at the at the point of where that you know four hundred inch bull sitting there yeah. standing at thirty five yeah. yards, you know. Yeah. reliability
2: is a hundred percent. Which oh, you, you bet, this, you bet. and that's
0: you know, and and I think guys, you know, you're going to be become a a bow hunter and stuff. You got to get proficient with your equipment. You got to be out there shooting it and stuff. And you know, I know we all have grind and we're busy and we don't get out to shoot as much, but. Uh, you know, guys need to get out a little bit ahead of time and, and get their bows out and start shooting and stuff. Strings cables are always stretching. Um, you know, timing can come off or something. It's best to know that in June and not two days before the bow season starts. Um, you know, like I said, we stand behind our product. And a lot of times it's just a lot of adjustments, timing issues, you know, mm-hmm. with the cable stretching on bows and stuff. If we run into
1: issues and that's usually what it is. And But we're here for you. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously people can, you know, go online and buy a ripcord. But, I mean, do you guys sell to different distributors or kind of what's your guys' business model? The dealers,
3: like Keith touched on earlier, that's, that's the backbone of the industry. If you can go into your local pro shop, you know, that's always the best. Um, quite often on, on your new setup, you're taken care of. He's going to get it put on the bow, you know, mounted, tuned, everything. Um, we do go through some distributors as well. And that just, you know, eventually gets down to the dealer channel anyways. Um, but that's, that's our number one. You know, we feel dealers are the backbone. That's your best bet. Go to a reputable pro shop that can, you know, not only sell you the product, but hopefully educate you and get you up to snuff and, yeah. you know, help you along the way with, with everything
1: else in the whole process. So, like, bow shops, they'll just call up and say, hey, we're starting a bow shop. We want to, you know, start selling some of your rest. Is that is it somewhat word of mouth, too, that you guys get? through some of your business? Yeah, we
0: get a lot of that. Uh, A lot of businesses wrote at the ATA shows. Um, The ATA, the NAVA show, MBS show. um, We do another uh, distributor show. We hit four or five shows a year and they start January until about the end of uh, February. Um, That's where we see a lot of the dealers and stuff. But a lot of dealers will call in and say, hey, you know, I've seen this in the ads and stuff. We're starting up or something. We're real easy to get along with. We don't have... You know, minimums or any of that, and and uh, we'll take care of anybody who wants to call and, and start selling our product. Um, we try to get it in there and stuff. Uh, some of it, you know, we you know, the eBay stuff gets a little crazy. Everybody, this day and age, gets online and they start looking. We do have a map policy with our product, and we try to stick by it. Uh, we find out if some some people are under map, you know, we just have to back order them. Um, We're trying to make it fair for all the dealers out there. Um, When you start getting stuff, you know, there'll be some outdated product or something that you can get out there and get, you know, discounted prices on. But we like to keep with our map policy.
3: Yeah, and map, if you don't know, maps are minimum advertised price, and and that just protects your dealers. And I think, you know, it's that whole Amazon mindset. You know, people, it's so easy now to get online and and try to save a buck. And, you know, an arrow rest isn't that complicated, but if you're new to it or haven't done it, you know you can you can get into some trouble so guys get online to to save a little money and, and buy a product and then you end up at the pro shop and he's gonna have to charge you you know sure. and, and you don't end up money ahead so you know my opinion is you know support local business anyway go to your local pro shop you know you, you're gonna be better off it's gonna be tuned you're gonna be taken care of and yeah you know at the end of the day you haven't really saved any money if when you do run into issues so well,
1: and you build a relationship with your pro shop if you got an issue with something you know they may not charge you for, you know, service exactly. or something on it versus, hey, I bought this rest online. Can you install it on my bow? They yeah. tend to look at you a little funny because yep. Yep. time is want. valuable. Yeah, you know, he's, absolutely. He's yeah, making you go a on,
2: living. So you go in in the middle of September when you need your bow fixed the next hour. and
1: they, That's they not a good time, so time not to get a yeah, bow fixed. <laughs> poor, poor planning on your part yeah. doesn't
3: constitute an emergency on my part. Yeah, exactly. So.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and we like to give back to the dealers and stuff. And, you know, we put on a, um, a Texas hog hunt. Um, every year um, and we partner up with two other companies and we split the, the cost on the ranch and everything and you know we try to bring in about 36 dealers um, take them down for a three and a half day hunt down in south texas shoot hogs javelinas rattlesnakes uh, it's a good time it's and plus we're we finally get it's not a show atmosphere where we're like hey this is the price on this, this is how many we got of this this is our new product it's time to get together with them in the field and, and they have the product on and, and, and get some feedback from them out in the field, let them go hunting. It's, it's been a, it's been a really good thing for us, I believe. And, the dealers have a good time. It's always fun. So that sounds like a good a, time. Yeah,
2: yeah check absolutely. each other for ticks and all that. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. Check for ticks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kevin likes bringing them home every yeah. year. Yeah. There's probably more than ticks in Texas, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way, thing right? wants to bite you and sting in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> so, Keith, you were talking a little bit about the trade show circuit. Um, maybe just kind of walk through kind of what your guys' strategy is as you guys plan. So, let's say 2018 is projected, and kind of where are you planning to be, and what's that trade show circuit look like for you guys? So yeah we got like I said, we got a couple products that we're getting ready to, to come out
0: with in 2018. Um, like I said, we we haven't taken it to production yet because we're still testing it. We just started hunting season last weekend. Um, we got some other guys out that are testing it. Uh, we want to make sure usually by about the middle of October we've got it situated November at the latest we start working on a catalog in October, getting the new product the new pictures, um, getting that all taken care of. Um, We need new booth graphics. We get that all taken care of October, November. Uh, We usually run a December special for our dealers and stuff. Um, We get that out there in December. Um, And then right after the first of the year, usually around the 7th, 8th of January, we're flying back. uh, It'll be Indianapolis this year. So we get back. You know, we've already made a booth selection. You go through, you make your booth selection. And and booth selection is kind of like hunting. You look for the pinch points, nice. and yeah, you want to, want to know where to where buy. You're, yeah. you, who you're by and, and who, where you're going to get a lot of traffic on that. We try to do a lot of advertising. We're going to try to get um, do a, a live feed this year when we get there. Um, we want to try to let everybody know that the consumers, because the dealer's going to be there, we want everybody to know it's about the same time and say, boom, the dealers are seeing it, but we want the consumers to see what we're coming out with at the same time. So we're going to try a little approach with, with that this year, and like I said, we're not we're not the greatest at all the advertising or marketing mm-hmm. and yeah. and all that, but we try our best uh, to get out there and get it done. Um, then after that, you know, we fly back there for a week, and
3: that's you know, yeah, that's like the you know the main one, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl the A T A is know big, the, ATAs, the big show, the, right? Yep, the big and shebang. The, and everybody's then. there. Everybody and
0: anybody's there. Yep. You got you got it all. Um, everybody you get the dealers coming in. Um, you got different buying groups and stuff, little buying group shows and stuff like that. But that that's the big one. And then after that, we take off and and we do a show in Reno. Uh, it's a NAVA show. Um, it's a buying group, so it's it's all it's all uh, dealers. Uh, we don't do any of the consumer shows. Uh, we let our dealers take care of that. And you know if they want to go to show and stuff, we got their back. They need product or something. We can get it off to them. Let them take care of the consumers. We want the consumers going to the pro shops. Yeah. So, um, and then we usually send Kevin down to Dallas. He does another buying group down there and fly back to Pennsylvania, um, like I said, in February. So, January, February, we're kind of on the road quite a bit, living out of a suitcase and hotel room and, um, you know, and sitting in airports in the
1: wintertime, well, getting yeah. delayed. And But well, that's, a, that's a critical piece of your guys' business. I mean, that time of year is when all the new products are coming out so all the other companies are there supporting what they're doing so it's it's probably key that you guys are in that yeah circuit yeah uh, have those have companies too. yep to, you got you s- got to be there yeah
0: you got to be there um you know the old saying was you know if you're not there everybody thinks you're out of business you know well where'd they go this year you know so you're there and and like i said it's a good it's a good time for us we're not on the road. We're, we're in-house, and we're on the phones all the time with these dealers and everything. So then we get to finally get them, meet them face-to-face, and talk to them and shake their hands and, and thank them for their business. Um, it's a good time uh,
1: to get together with them face-on-face, instead of over the phone all the time. Sure. Yeah, and those trade shows, it's not only just about, you know selling your product but it's about meeting the people it's like you said shaking hands with these people people come up tell testimonies about hey i'm using your product this is how it works for me feedback like you said is important all the time that you guys are taking that stuff in yeah the the trade shows are are they're good for that reason because you get to see what's new coming for the new year so
3: yeah so much of this industry is relationship based you know it's relationships are key it's it's a small industry really it is what only five percent of the population actually hunts so i mean it's you're talking about
2: very small we got to stay tight knit you know everyone kind of bash each other on social media and stuff nowadays is that really helps you have to build relationships you're gonna go nowhere oh yeah
0: 100 percent. and and like i said you know everybody's got a great product out there it reaches for what it does and by any means i wasn't out to bash any of my competition at all. I think competition's awesome. It keeps us striving. Yeah. Um, It's healthy. You know, yeah, it's just different, um, you know, what people want and what works best for them. Um, And that's what's kind of neat about this industry too, you know. You can talk to 10 different bow hunters and you get 10 different products that they're using. So, you know, and it goes from broadheads to arrows to bows to camouflage to, you know, it's – it's, kind it's of hard unique. to keep up
2: with it sometimes, isn't
0: it? why. Is. That's
2: why, you know, like for me, it's when I find a brand that I like that it works well for me is i'll stick with it forever you, you know best. and it's not something i'm ever gonna especially if they're continuing to innovate especially like you guys have done is you're continuing to innovate and you're you're not just standing by like an old product and just saying this is what we're building we're not gonna step up with the times is people stick with the same thing if they know it works why change it you know mm-hmm. I and mean, yeah. that's a and that's a key with i think with a lot of any in industry you know yep. especially in ours
0: yeah and, and like I said you just keep listening and you, you, you
1: tweak it you make it better you you, you you keep your focus on that rest well continuous improvement is what drives like you say healthy you know business and competition with your competitors and I mean at the end of the day that's really what it's all about when you're talking about you know not bashing your competitors I mean I think back 15 20 years ago I mean you know all these companies now were not in business you know a lot of the newer companies so we were in jeans and you know flannel tops mm-hmm. and, and yeah. tennis shoes and we were still getting it done right yeah. but mm-hmm. now the game has, has changed to where the competition is it's gotten to where it is now that it, but it's good because you know i think as hunters and and you know outdoorsmen and folks continue to innovate in this business i think it's important you got to keep up with with everybody else in this fast paced environment so oh exactly and you know getting Getting the, the, the kids and the women involved in
0: archery has been great. Um, the uh, national in-schools program where they're, they're shooting, um, you know, I think that's the greatest thing. You know, a lot of kids, maybe they're not the greatest basketball player. Maybe they're not the greatest football player. But everybody on the same playing field can pull that bow back and shoot that arrow. And for those kids to get on team, they've, they've shown that, you know, the attendance is coming up in school and stuff, and they got they got a purpose. They're, they're on the archery team. So getting those kids and getting the ladies and the women involved in archery is is
1: great for the sport. Yeah, conservation is a big thing right now. I mean, as we know, we're trying to protect public lands and a lot of other things that are on the docket. But the more we can get kids involved and just outdoor activities away from, you know, screens and iPads and other things, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's important because I think, kids a lot of times now don't know how to use their hands like i say when we grew up or when we were kids we were out shooting all traditional bows and doing fun stuff like that and we've kind of lost that in society today which it's good to see that coming back yeah 100 percent so let's yeah
2: a- i think that's one down thing the social media stuff you know wow. More
1: people are playing here and it's there's a
2: benefit to it but there's also a there's you know, a there's, world well, there's a screen that's crazy yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah i mean it's just just seeing like what's happened the last five years it's it's amazing, you know. And, but plus, it
1: helps marketing sometimes with some companies and stuff. But sure, well, there's the situation. goods, you know, and then there's right. the there's the bads to all that. And obviously, goods from a marketing standpoint is huge. I mean, social media can turn you into you know something overnight if you know if depending on what it is, right? It can be nah, good yeah, and bad, good, sure, and bad and ugly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, there's a purpose for it, you know. And it's like it's like you said, if you're if you're not there, you're dead. Well, if you're not on social media to some extent. Um, you know, you really don't have a name or a presence a lot of times in the industry. So it is here, and it's here to stay. It's just how do you use it, and navigate it to where it's positive yeah, and make it work for you. Message, yeah, you
0: bet. You know, because that's where society is today. You yeah. know, these kids growing up today—that's where they get it. They get it from the phone and stuff. So, you know, you want to put your your presence out there too. Let them know who Ripcord is. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: Well, it's even like these—we were talking earlier today—these podcasts. There's mm-hmm. so much information on these podcasts. You know, somebody listening to this is going to learn a lot about rest and about ripcore they may not have known a lot. So I mean there's so much information out there that it's oh, great yeah. for people to learn. You know, I mean it, yeah, these are it. things that you know we RNA outdoors are trying to push is you know there's there's information here that we can help other people, DIY hunters, guys that aren't really used to getting into it. Kids, as you said, you know, there's so many things that we can do to to help each other.
0: Yep.
1: One hundred percent. So hunting, let's talk about hunting. What do you guys been doing this year so far? Kevin? Um Elk Elk you're an elk to,
3: nut yeah that's my bread and butter i mean that's do you hunt out of do you hunt multiple states or you i do just, okay. um so i apply everywhere and don't draw anywhere uh, <laughs> about like me <laughs> last year i hunted new mexico i had an elk take new mexico with some friends um a wilderness hunt we went down there for i don't know we we're probably back there for nine days you know and then a couple of days of driving we took horses and mules and the whole nine yards which is a little different style for me, um, but that was a ton of fun. We all, within two days, I think, were tagged out. Um, and then this year I didn't draw, so I bought Idaho, just an over-the-counter elk tag in Idaho. Um, it's nice. It's always the 30th of August. Um, Montana's always the first Saturday. So sometimes you'll have at least, you know, a week um, of hunting. Overlap there. Yeah, yeah. This year it wasn't, you know, Montana was September 2nd, so they are stacked up pretty close. But I, I went to Idaho anyways for a couple of days. And then I've hunted Montana just once, so get out again hopefully tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and then plans for this year? or any other hunting plans for the fall or Um Whitetails, I guess. I I get so distracted
3: with elk. I mean you know, it's hard for me to even hunt antelope. I'll go out to, to go antelope hunting and end up scouting for elk. You know, it's just, I, I, just, I can't Look help it. Look up on the hill oh, there's of an the elk <laughs> there and There's an elk track.
2: one bugle and it's gone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a pretty one-track mind. You know? yeah, it's funny how they suck you in with that one bugle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: How about you, Keith? Yeah, you know, I'm just totally opposite of Kevin, which works great for this office. Um, he's out chasing elk, and I'm a whitetail fanatic. I love hunting whitetails. I'll be hunting them, like, September 2nd, like you said, open. I sat in a tree stand all three days. I think I got over 38 hours in tree oh, stand already. Huh? And uh, wow. I, I just enjoy that and, and coming down on them whitetails. I, I did go out August 15th, uh, eastern Montana, shot a nice antelope buck this year uh, already, and... Uh, was with my dad, and he, uh, a couple years ago, he, he had a bad deal go down. He uh, had an artificial artery put in his groin. It kind of got infected. Uh, didn't get any circulation to his foot, so they had to take his leg below the knee. Uh, so we battled that for, for a whole year and a half, but uh, I took him out this year with me. He sat in a blind. He shot an antelope. And then after that, we packed up, and he had an antelope tag in Wyoming. So we drove down to Wyoming, and I sat with him in Wyoming. He shot a nice antelope buck in Wyoming. Matter of fact, he's down here this weekend with me going to hunt whitetails again. Um, So we had a good weekend. Uh, I'm going to plan on going out to Indiana uh, the first week in November. I I usually try to make a Midwest uh, whitetail hunt just because I enjoy hunting whitetails so much, Um, just like Kevin, you know him going down to Arizona or doing a New Mexico hunt, you know, for elk. I mean, that's prime elk, big elk, and that's, you know, you got to chase it. Um, There's big whitetails in the Midwest, you know, you got better chances at booners there than you would here in Montana, so I chase that. Uh, Kevin and I both have, uh, we'll have three points next year, so we'll have plenty of points to draw Iowa, so we'll hit Iowa next year for whitetails, take him out and, Probably get him hooked on whitetails. He won't even think about elk anymore. <laughs> <You gonna bring laughs> trying bugle,
2: to change you, him. You <laughs> gonna bring your bugle along? Or? Yeah, you probably. <laughs> Just like practicing the
0: stand, huh?
1: <laughs> that's neat. Good. How about any? do You guys do any exotic type hunting? Do You guys go out of out of the country and do that type of hunt or? Keith has. Yeah. I
3: as exotic as I'm gonna get as of now is is deciding when to pull the trigger on Alaska. You know that's that's definitely a bucket list item. But he'll have some stories on, he's done Africa several times. Yeah,
0: I've been over Africa, I've been over the pond, I think five times over there, um, hunted the the Plains game, um, the last time I went, um, bucket list of mine was always shoot a Cape Buffalo with a bow, I, I, reading the books, uh, growing up as a kid, um, Black Death, all those books, uh, it just intrigued me, I, I wanted to hunt a Cape Buffalo, and totally scared of bears you know i'm a big guy but i'm scared of bears but <laughs> i wanted to hunt a cape buffalo and uh you know a lot of guys oh you don't want to hunt alaska brown bears I'm, no man those things will eat you <laughs> but i'll hunt a cape buffalo just uh, don't go by anus, i guess yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> um so yeah. yeah so i finally made that that dream happen and and i shot a cape buffalo at 25 yards and cool. i tell you what is the most in, intense hunt i've ever been on i could feel my heart beating in my earlobes, and uh, he's staring. We had it stare down for probably 15 minutes head-on, and I was just waiting for the right shot, and he finally turned and gave it to me, and I shot him. And the pH I was with, he was supposed to be videoing it, and uh, I look over, and all I see is this barrel by my ear shaking, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? He's like, this is too close. I said, no, we're bow hunting. This is, how, <laughs> this is where we need to be. And uh, so... I didn't get any of it on video. And then afterwards that, that pH said that's the most exciting thing he's ever done in his life. And I'm like, you're a pH over in Africa. You've hunt these all the time. How can that be? And he's like, I've always rifle on them. I've never bow hunted them. I'm like, Oh, I'm glad you, yeah, me you now. tell me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. good information. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we, we got her done and got a nice Cape Buffalo over there. And I've never been to Alaska. I've been up to Canada hunting bears. Um, done that quite a few times. So, but, uh, the last thing would be cool i mean kevin and i talked about it and it'd be something to be neat to do so are you strictly archery mostly or do you do that's some all rifle i do that's archery. all archery i only. do i i i have a 45 pistol that i use for protection yeah. i don't own a rifle um i haven't owned a rifle since i got out of the marine corps um it's just me the way i like it um i don't have nothing against the rifle hunters out there banging away i just don't like the noise uh doesn't put me in a good spot so i enjoy bow hunting and that's where I'm. Yeah, I'm at peace. There is something That's special cool. about bow
2: I mean, there really is.
1: Yeah, just the challenge, I guess, is uh, so much different. Mm-hmm.
2: Well,
1: That's just for being sure. in that, yeah. being in the zone of an animal. I mean, you're in their backyard and you're right there. I mean, say 25 yards from yeah. an animal that could, I mean, just totally. Stomp you. I mean, if you ended up in the wrong area, right? I mean, if a whole herd of buffalo come running through, they're not going to stop for you. No, you know. No, but you're right. You got to be ethically in those distances to make sure you have ethical kill, especially on an animal that big. Because the you know their arrow pass and poundage on the bow, all that's important on a buffalo for sure. Exactly, and it's it's
0: a whole different setup. And you and you know it took me a year to, to get ready for that hunt and testing different arrows and getting shot a 750 grain arrow
3: um, I think it was a shaft inside of a shaft yep, wasn't it shaft mm-hmm. inside
0: of a shaft a big two blade 100 I think it was 170 grain broadhead two oh, blade wow. um, 29 inch arrow and I'm only a 26 and a half inch draw Maybe. but I had to add the long arrow to get the weight and um, I was shooting 85 pounds out of the bow and everything to get the kinetic energy Yeah, um, but at twenty-five yards, buried it right up to the fletching, and
1: so game over. Yeah, so not your That's white cool. tail set yeah. up for that
0: cape buffalo. No, <laughs> no. no, That would
1: probably knock, <laughs> knock a white tail over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pull eighty-five yards out of a tree stand. You yeah. might fall out of the tree yeah. stand. Yeah. I don't think there's any problem with the pass through on that one. No. <laughs> so, how about That's hunting mean. stories or memorable hunts? you guys have anything that just kind of
2: what about any like bicycle trips or something you know is there any uh no
0: (laughs) how how did you like
2: did you meet ben yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's a good
1: segue into that that's
0: a that's a good story (laughs) ben ben was uh coming to town and i seen him there at the local water hole a couple times good guy lineman yeah super good guy got along with him just fine and one day we were down there at the local water hole and Ben comes up to me. He says, "Hey man, I really need a ride home." And I'm like, "Yeah, I got you, buddy. I'll give yeah. you a ride home." He's, "Oh, you're, you're a lifesaver. Thank you." I said, "Yeah, not just get a hold of me when you're ready to go." He's, "Yep, not a problem." So, he's getting a little bit later, and he comes up. And he says, hey, "I'm ready for that ride now. I'm okay. Let's go." So we go out the back door there into the alley, and there I got my mountain bike. <laughs> he goes seriously yeah get on the handlebars jump on we're good we're good well we didn't make it too far on the handlebars the balance wasn't the greatest <laughs> so he had to sit on the seat and I, he got home <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a see a what
2: ripcord arrow rest will do for <laughs> you <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> They're there
1: for everyone right now yeah. it's on a bicycle it's a motorcycle probably yeah. Could be yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah no i had him on the bicycle so it was good that's how we yeah. met 10 years ago or something like that yeah well, well I don't know. I, I would think my my most memorable, most exciting hunt was the Cape Buffalo hunt. Um, by far just, a, a dream come true, worked hard for it, um, saved my money, uh, put the effort into making sure my equipment was right, shooting all the time, getting proficient with it. I mean, I wasn't going to take a shot over 35 yards with it because after 35 yards, 750 grains drops Whoa. real quick yeah. and you lose a lot of that, um. So you know, to date, you know, I would say that the Cape Buffalo really stood out for me. Um, what I did, and there's plenty more hunting me though. Uh, there's a lot more hunt coming, and and uh, I don't know what what stands out for Kevin right now. He's just a young kid.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I I don't know that I have one that's just the hunting story. Um, you know, I take something away from every hunt. You always learn. That's that's part of the enjoyment. You're you're always going to continue to learn something every time, and each one's special in its own way. Whether it's you know stuff that was going on in your life outside of hunting, or stuff on the hunt, adversity, or you know whatever else has changed, that each hunt has something special about it for different reasons. Um, with me, they're all related to elk, but you know, I don't know if I have any just crazy stories of
1: of an elk hunt. <laughs> I want to know, with 38 hours in a tree stand, what are you doing for that amount of time? Oh, yes. social, social media. No. <laughs> <laughs> social media. Yeah. Yeah, seeing how we can better things. Yeah. I tell you what, it's,
0: it's, you know, a lot of people say, you're crazy. How can you sit in a stand for, you know, especially in November, I'll sit 11 hours straight all day Whoa. for seven days straight. And it's just, you never know when they're going to come by. I, I've shot some of my best white tail bucks between 11 and 2 o'clock um in the rut you just never know when they're coming by it makes a little tougher in the first part of september um but there's so many deer and just uh what you see out there it's it's peace of mind for me you know and i am i am somebody that doesn't sit still i'm I'm a go-getter i'm always moving i got a lot of energy but once i get up in that tree stand it's just like it all goes away and i can just sit there and relax you know watch the clouds come in watch the birds squirrels um you know, it's just, and all of a sudden you, you're watching the deer, seeing what they're doing, how they're moving, which way they're going. Uh, summer patterns, you know, especially in Montana, early in these agricultural fields. Yeah. They're, they're going to come out every night, you know. They're not going to come out the same spot. Sometimes they do. And you just kind of try to get them patterned and hopefully you get it done before um, they start getting hard horned and they start breaking up. Once they start breaking up, then they, they turn into a different creature. And, and uh, then you're waiting for them in october november then when they start rutting and mess up that way but i have no problem sitting in a tree stand (laughs) and taking care of now kevin's taking me elk hunting a couple times and stuff and and i always told him i said i'm a jinx for you buddy you don't ever want to take me elk hunting because if you take me elk hunting we're not going to see any elk and oh no that's not that's not true that's just that's a myth well we took old Chris Kyle for a walk the other night. It
2: was kind of fun. <laughs> 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 Didn't see anything, John. No, yeah.
3: it's, you know, the joys of public land hunting. Hell you know, yeah. We all, we all love to do it, but um, sometimes it doesn't play in your advantage. Yeah. You end up
2: calling um, in a lot of people in public land sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: We went out
0: early with him, though, and with his Idaho tag, and he tagged me along, and of course, he likes making fun of me because he thinks I'm an old guy and everything. And he showed me on Google Earth where we had to walk, and I'm like, "Yeah, I can make that. That's no problem." So we went hiking in there a couple last week and sat up on a high point advantage and saw the elk come out, watched them wallow and stuff, and it was cool. It was really neat. Saw a big bear uh, walking across, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is pretty cool." You know, I I enjoy going out there and just being out in the outdoors and seeing it all and. That was kinda neat but I say if we have a bow in our hand, it's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is fun sometimes.
2: Even like you know, I've uh, I've handled a in Nevada and sat on a water hole for five days in ninety degree heat in the middle of August, right? So yeah. but you get so much wildlife that comes in. I mean I had a video just in Wyoming last week where a coyote came in, there was a bunch of sage grouse that were sitting on the water hole, sage grouse walked out, the coyote came in drinking water and then Ten minutes later, I'm sitting there listening to uh, uh, something. Was drinking water next to me. I'm like, "What? What is that?" I couldn't see it down on the grass. And the next thing you know, is a little badger mm-hmm. coming up on the hill. Huh. And it's just—I mean, that's just fun. So you yeah. can sit there and do that. You know? Oh it's, yeah, just watching the wildlife and the outdoors is incredible.
1: No? And you'll never around. see that stuff, you know, unless you're out there doing yep, it. Yep. Yeah, you got to yep. do it. People call me crazy. We're out in—you know—in July hunting blacktails in California. It's 110 degrees. And I'll try to convince my friends, you know, hey, let's go hunting. I got one good buddy that'll go out with me, and uh, it—it's no joke. It'll be 110 degrees, you know, sitting out there tromping through that thick, just crap oak scrub. Oh, if yeah. you guys have ever been in the central part of California, but that's when the blacktail. I mean, that's when you—that's—that's that's that's archery season, season yeah. right? Yeah, and and you know, we always judge that here here at Ripcord too. It's
0: just like. You know, we'll start getting busy in June because guys are getting ready in July in California, and it just kind of sweeps across the United States. You know, you start getting into your your western states with your antelope on the 15th, uh, Montana in September. You get over, Wisconsin has a September 15th archery season that starts. Kentucky, I think, does the same thing. And then you get in the Midwest and and back east and everything at October 1. Here comes bow season. You know, so... I mean we live in a great place here in, in Montana. Um you know we start hunting in August 15th and well before then we started hunting turkeys in, in the spring and bears. Um we get to hunt them till June June 15th in some areas so. Yeah. You know this is a great place to live and
3: yeah I think yeah. that spring black bears underrated that's a lot of fun
0: with the bow. Yep. That's, you do a lot of calling and you call them in yeah, like a crazy name. I use a recurve
3: <laughs> um I built a couple of self bows and and spring bear is my annual recurve hunt you know I, Keith will kill me if I hunt all year with a recurve I need to have that ripcord on so <laughs> so spring bear is my recurve hunt um and I do quite a bit of calling um and had some pretty good success with it just got to stay off that shoulder on a bear <laughs> yeah
1: that's neat yeah, so cool. the
3: majority of you guys' are selling
2: time is usually, like, in June. That's when guys are uh, probably a lot of last-minute guys saying, oh, I need to start shooting my bow two months before the season. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. But, you know, yeah. Usually not we, the smartest we do pretty idea, good
0: right after the ATA. You know, we'll, we'll make all those sales at the ATA. Guys mm-hmm. will we'll be getting the new bows that, that are coming out. A lot of new bows come out, in you know, any more November. They're bringing out the bows earlier and earlier, which is crazy. But And then they'll bring out their flagship bows at the ATA. Dealers will have it. They'll see their bows, and they'll be like, okay, now we need some rest. So we'll, we'll ship quite a bit in January and February. Um, kind of slows down. Guys start doing 3-D season. We'll pick up a little bit there. Um, then then start, you know, June, July, August, September gets busy for us. That's our busy time. Um, you know, and we're here. We're here at the office. I mean, we're, we're doing it. We're, we're selling. We're, we're taking phone calls. We're helping everybody out. September, we get a lot of weekends, you know, so. You know, we like to do like everybody else. We save our vacations for October, November. Kevin likes to go in September to hunt the elk, and it's good that I'm here, and, and he likes to do that, and I like to hunt the the November so I can get away. It works out pretty good as far as being in the office, um, and then, you know, about October you start getting your target guys, Vegas guys and everything, um, and we do have a, a target rest, you know, it's called the X Factor, and... It's got micro adjust on it left and right, up and down. So it's you know, we started as a hunting company and we, we make a hunt and rest. that's what we're we're one hundred percent about. But there was a call from the from the consumers and the dealers, hey you should come up with a, a target rest. So we did come up with a target rest a couple years ago and, and we we're gonna fine tune that and we'll have some stuff for two thousand eighteen.
2: So when you got just a quick question on a, uh, when these these manufacturers come out with brand-new bows and stuff. Do they end up sending you, like, design, or do you just – how do you how do you match your – We chase I'm our tails. I'm just curious how that works, to be honest with you. We, yeah. we
3: chase our tails. It's it's usually – they're launched. Um, there's just so many to keep up with, and uh, it's it's kind of one of those hindsight. If they launch early, you know, we don't launch new product until the ATA. So if a bow comes out early, you know, we can then get our hands on it, it to, you know, make sure everything's going to fit. But, you know, we've had issues with that in the past of – kind of the cart in front of the horse type exactly yeah yeah, and and
0: that's another thing about having the machines right here locally and everything something comes up like that we can make a quick change and hopefully get it going before we get into the fall season you know make our changes and yeah they're gonna have stuff you know guys want to lower the the burger button hole they want to move the roller guard on the inside and and lower to the handle and and so that messes with us where our rest fits and stuff but as soon as we we find out about it we're on it um and that's what what i always say we're going to be a rest company we're going to take care of it we wouldn't we won't lose our focus on that um something comes up we can fix it you know we're not going to rely on okay we're going to come out with a site now we're going to come out with a broadhead no we're going to make the best rest we can make and stand behind it
1: that's awesome yeah i know from my standpoint it's been neat just catching up and meeting you guys and of course seeing you on social media and and, uh using your product for many years um i've had a ripcord on my bow as long as i've been archery hunting so um it's just neat to be able to be here and and uh just understand kind of where the product came from and also meet the guys that have been kind of helping us. We, you know, we use your brand, put it on our podcast and I get a lot of emails continually. I get emails weekly. People ask about Ripcord. People ask about our podcast. So, I mean, this is a good way to help you guys market and get your name out. And also it helps us build our brand a little bit and just neat being a a small town, you know, Montana company, uh, which is what we're about. It's about DIY, you know, public land type stuff Mm -hmm. that we're all about. And it 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 helps you know the cause it helps us it helps you guys and it's just neat no we appreciate you guys showing
0: up and taking the time to come in here and do this broadcast and meet you guys face to face just like like the shows you know mm-hmm. you get a get a handshake and just like admit, i saw you this morning in the store yeah. but didn't know so <laughs> no, now i do. No, i, I don't would have know. said hello, hello. yeah Stop so, and,
1: chat. and that probably that goes farther to me than anything any you know social media post anything out there i think when you can get in front of the guys that are behind it and really understand you know what goes into this i mean sitting you know in the world headquarters as, as kevin would say <laughs> yeah um you know in dillon montana it's just neat to see looking at this big kansas,
2: speak, kansas whitetail speaking on that
0: you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, we always a used owner. to joke and stuff you know we don't
0: we don't have a big facility we're not we're not big by any means and people will say, I want to come by and check out your plant and everything. Yeah, we'll get the golf cart ready and give you a tour.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: As you guys can see, it's, yeah. Not, yeah. it's not that it's big.
1: No. So you guys make good quality products. Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, cool. We appreciate having you on. Um, Keith and Kevin, I'll I'll be hitting quite a few of the trade show circuit this year. I don't know that I'll make ATA, but I'd usually do the NAB show in Reno. Okay. Um, so maybe catch up with you guys there and then do a lot of the other shows, the expo and salt lake some of the okay. the, the western Consumer hunting Show, expo yeah. the sci and some of those other ones but um yeah maybe catch up with you guys again there and yeah absolutely good, good luck on your your fall seasons hunting uh, it's always like you say it's neat to you never know what the year's going to bring you always think about it like when i'm coming up here i'm thinking well this is kind of what i want to do this is how i want to hunt and then usually you know by the end of the year it's completely different than different. what you yeah. expected oh, yeah. but the cool thing is is we still have the ability to do this and Enjoy the outdoors and and use good products, and that's really what it's all about. You bet! And uh, good luck to you guys out there, and keep doing what you're doing. And we appreciate you pushing our product and and standing behind us. So. Absolutely, excellent. Yep. Thanks, cool. Keith. thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. Thanks, guys. All right. All, right. all right, thank you. We'll catch you guys for another adventure on the RNA Outdoors podcast. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Pa, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it will automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded, and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors Podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Facebook, RNA Outdoors, and Instagram, Rod and Arrow Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well.
3: Yes, by the You're way. supposed to say yeah. bigger,
0: better deal here in
3: If you don't like it, bring your daughter down. We'll dick her. We'll <laughs> <laughs> dick her.